0: Murders, Mysteries, and Conspiracies with author Glenn P. Klinger III is presented by the Florida Pickleball Clothing Company. For all your pickleball clothing, go to floridapickleballclothingcompany.com. Now, with today's murders, mysteries, and conspiracies, here is author Glenn P. Klinger III. Hey everybody, it's Glenn, and I want to welcome you to yet another installment of Murders, Mysteries, and Conspiracies. If you're a returning listener, I want to thank you for your loyalty If you're a first-time listener, I want to tell you, if you're looking for a program, where we look at various murders, mysteries, and conspiracies, I give you all of my references, then you can go out and look at these events for yourself and get back to me. I'd love to hear from you now. I hope you've had time to check out all the episodes on Spotify and iTunes, and you can actually see some two-minute mysteries and short videos, which I tie to these podcasts on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, Murders, Mysteries, and Conspiracies. One thing we do as human beings inhabiting this earth together is we care for each other when we're safe. We're not doing well, and there are certain people who choose this as a career. Now, those individuals, doctors, nurses, nursing assistants, people that work in hospitals in general, are admired and rightfully so, because they take care of us when we are at our most vulnerable. So it's disturbing to me to see people in those positions that are murderers. And I was shocked to even hear about this phenomenon, even though probably in the back of my mind, I knew it it existed and it happened in the past. I didn't really want to think about it, but what brought it to the forefront was the conviction of a woman in my former hometown of Clarksburg, West Virginia, um, who had been convicted of murdering some people at the veterans hospital. Now to me, that's particularly disturbing because I am a big fan of our veterans. I think that these people fought and died for this country. Some of them were injured seriously and they go to these veterans hospitals for care. And it just bothers me that somebody would, would do these things, but, I started looking around and realized that this had happened at other hospitals all over the world. It happened in other veterans' hospitals. It had been doctors, nurses' assistants, nurses, all these. There's been different types of people that became serial killers. Today, I'm going to look at medical murderers on today's episode of Murderers, Mysteries, and Conspiracies. Now, this first woman was uh, working at the Lewis A. Johnson Veterans Center in Clarksburg, West Virginia. Her name was Rita Mays. Miss Mays was working as a nursing assistant between July 17th and June 18th. And during that time, she murdered seven elderly military veterans. Now, she was convicted of this, and it took place over an 11-month span where she used lethal doses of insulin. Um, to kill these people. And on May 11, 2021, Mays was sentenced to seven consecutive life sentences for the murder, plus 20 years for one count of assault with intent to commit murder, and she had a background in the military, which was surprising. She had done two deployments in Iraq, uh, in an engineering battalion, and then worked as a corrections officer at the correctional facility in Greenwood, West Virginia. She had gotten in trouble there uh, for abusing one of the inmates there. Along with two of the other guards. So she had some issues. She was a longtime member of a Methodist church outside of Clarksburg. It's like they always say you never really think somebody's a murderer, you just never really know people. But over that course of 11 months, she attributed the death to these patients on hypoglycemia. And they weren't even insulin dependent. She was just shooting them up with insulin, and their blood sugar would drop down to a point where it killed them. She was eventually fired in 2018. And the investigation was turned over to the inspector general of the Veterans Affairs uh, in the FBI. Now the FBI asked if they could talk to her. And they had done 300 interviews with different people trying to figure out what was going on. Now, their second interview with her was conducted by an agent from the FBI Academy in Quantico, and it lasted five hours. And during that time, investigators built up a strong circumstantial case against her. And they found that she had done internet searches on female serial killers. She had watched the Netflix series "Nurses Who Kill" with one episode portraying somebody killing somebody with insulin, and she had talked to her husband, who was in prison. She had mentioned to him on the phone some statements that kind of incriminated her. So they felt like you know they had a good case against her, and then she did confess. She she said that post traumatic stress disorder was what caused her to do it, and. They were able to attribute her to at least 20 suspicious deaths at the hospital, even though she was only uh, convicted for seven, and then got that 20 additional years for that attempted murder. Now, what baffles me is these people get away with these things for decades, and these facilities never seem to ever catch on. It just seems like normal attrition. These people are dying. And there's another gentleman, Charles Cullen. Cullen worked 16 years at several New Jersey medical centers until he was arrested in 2003. And then he confessed to committing as many as 40 murders, with at least 29, having been confirmed through interviews with police psychiatrists and journalists, they say the body count may be as high as 400, but due to some record keeping issues, they couldn't really confirm it. How many did he actually kill? Well, he got credited with 29, but like I said, they, uh, thought that he had been, done a lot more. He used all different types of methods. He killed one by using digoxin. Uh, he killed some with insulin, some was epinephrine. And, you know, he was pleaded guilty in a court in Allentown for killing at least six of the people. And he tried to kill three others. And he actually, the judge had to gag him and tape his mouth shut. The man's got some interesting issues. He was shouting at the judge and out of control. And so they gagged him and the judge immediately sentenced him to 443 years in prison. So I don't think he's getting out anytime soon. 18 consecutive life sentences. He won't be up for parole until 2403. You never really understand. This guy had had some issues at home. He had had some different things. You you really don't know what's causing people to get to this point where they start taking people's lives. Harold Shipman, he was a doctor, an English doctor, very good general practitioner and one of the most prolific serial killers in modern history with an estimated 250 victims to his credit. Now, on January 31st, 2000, Shipman was found guilty of murdering 15 patients under his care, he was sentenced to life in prison, but he later hanged himself in his cell, he was 57 years old, and he was pretty well recognized over there, he was Interviewed several times on television shows. He was very, very well known in the community. And, you know, they said that over the years they had suspicions, but they were never able to catch him because they would always put inexperienced officers on the cases and the investigations would run cold. They couldn't find anything and they shut it down. Then he immediately killed three other people after the investigation closed. Uh, The funny thing that caught him was that John Shaw was a cab driver. Now, Mr. Shaw would drop these people off at the hospital for care. And he dropped off 21 people and he said they looked reasonably healthy when they went in there and they ended up dying. And so uh, he thought there was something was up until they looked at the death of Kathleen Grundy. She was a former mayor of Hyde and uh, found dead in her home. Shipman was the last one to see her and her daughter Angela was a solicitor over there and so when um, they went to review her will well all of her belongings 386,000 pounds was left to Mr. Shipman and that didn't seem really like it made too much sense so they went to Shipman's house and found the typewriter that he had used to type it up so he had evidently typed this thing up had her sign or whatever and then gave her a lethal injection of morphine and killed her So uh, he was charged with that. There was a guy, Brian Whittle wrote a book uh, with Gene Ritchie uh, called Prescription for Murder, suggesting the Chipman forged the will because he either wanted to be caught, because his life was out of control, um, because he planned to retire at 55 and then leave the UK. Now, it just doesn't make any sense. These people, you can tell their mind doesn't work like the rest of us. Okay. So he was eventually caught. Like you said, he hanged himself. Fine. Next person is Christine Gilbert, and Christine Gilbert, she worked at a VA hospital, and you know, these people get nicknames. This lady was nicknamed the Angel of Death by her co because every time she was working a shift, people were dying, and then they found out later she was the one killing them, so it was pretty disturbing, but her drug of choice was epinephrine, and it's like adrenaline, it's untraceable heart stimulant. She was on duty for half of the 350 deaths that happened while she was working there, at the Veterans Center in Northampton, Virginia. Now, she had a lot of problems. If you look at her, she looks like a soccer mom, had two kids, a husband. She actually had tried to kill her husband, poison him at one point. She was having an affair with the security guard at the Veterans Hospital where she worked. And I believe he's one of the people who came forward saying that she, she had some pretty disturbing views, she would fake suicide attempts to manipulate people, very troubled individual, but they noticed that every time she was on duty, people were dying. So they called her the angel of death. They believed it was like 350 or more deaths and 300 medical emergencies while at the facility. Now she even got one coworker who was not trained to use a cardiac defibrillator to shock a patient with it. So she had a pretty sick sense of humor, but she ended up getting convicted, and sent to jail for a very, very long time. And that was Kathleen Gibbon. Now, the final person, this is a really interesting thing. The final person was named Farad Fada, the Lebanese board oncologist, and hematologist. Mr. Fada was the mastermind of the largest healthcare fraud in U.S. history. He was part of the owners of the Michigan Hematology uh, and Oncology Center, one of the largest cancer practices in Michigan. And he was arrested in 2013 on charges for prescribing chemotherapy to patients who were healthy and whose conditions did not even warrant chemotherapy. But he submitted these treatments to Medicare for $34 million in fraudulent charges. And the private health insurance company over a period of six years is kind of wondering what was going on. And he was guilty of getting kickbacks from the healthcare people, conspiring to pay and receive kickbacks on the way. One patient that he had put on chemotherapy broke her leg after her first treatment. Well, Mr. Fada was out of town, and so she went back to another doctor. When the doctor was looking at her file before he set her leg, he asked her why she was on chemotherapy. Her numbers didn't even indicate that she needed chemotherapy, and that's how this all fell apart for this man. He was very prestigious. He had worked at Sloan Kettering until 1999 until he opened his own facility. And at one point he had 17,000 people that he was treating. That's a lot through his facility. So, uh, but in the end, he caught up with him. Um, He was convicted of healthcare fraud. He wasn't convicted of any murders, but he got charged with money laundering, healthcare fraud, and 45 years in prison. So if you're going to go out there and find a doctor, make sure you get somebody that you can trust, somebody that will look out for your best interest. And be careful when you go to these facilities and you just never really know who you're dealing with. And it makes you kind of skeptical and makes you think about our world in general when these kind of things happen. But look into some of these people if you want. If you find any that I didn't mention or any that are more interesting, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me and let me know what you think. Until next time, when we talk on murders, mysteries, and conspiracies, this is Glenn. Have a good day. You have been listening to Murders, Mysteries, and Conspiracies with author Glenn P. Klinger III, presented by the Florida Pickleball Clothing Company.com.